Max, the one to watch for the best in entertainment, now has live sports with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Stream hundreds of select live games from MLB. That's going to go! NBA, NHL, U.S. soccer, and NCAA men's March Madness. And it's all included for a limited time with any Max subscription. He got it. After the promo period, add it for $9.99 a month. Base subscription required. On November 10th, Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson reunite on the big screen as Captain Marvel and Nick Fury to assemble the MCU's next team, the Marvels. After Captain Marvel gets her powers entangled with teenage superhero Miss Marvel and Captain Monica Rambeau, the three heroes will learn teaming up changes everything. Don't miss Captain Marvel's return November 10th in the Marvels, only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Get your tickets now. You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm, Fem. Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. fam we've got another amazing oh, guest for you yes. um we love when people refer us guests um whether they're like you need to reach out to this person because they're absolutely amazing and i love to see them on the show or if they're like i know this person and i want to connect you and get them on the show like no matter how it happens we love it so thank you to our fm fam that has done that many times over the years today's guest was recommended by, by mikhail chowdry who is on uh, the past season. So if you didn't listen to his episode, tune in last season. He's got a lot of awesome things to talk about. And he has sent us a charming accent. And yes. I'm just like, I'm like, I could listen to him all day. So if you yeah. guys haven't, you need to. It's amazing. insightful. Yeah. And just amazing episode delight. and just great dude. And <laughs> <laughs> has connected us with a few people now. So that's been really awesome. So thank you again, Mikhail. Um, today's guest guest is Danielle Beckman with two N's, guys, when you're looking her up. Um, <laughs> she does everything. She is an actress, a filmmaker, a producer, and a creative coach. And today we're talking about several of her projects, but mostly her short film, Liza Anonymous, which I watched last night. It's fantastic. It's not really out to the public yet, but when it is, we will tell you guys because y'all gotta watch it. Super fun. Um, but like I said, she does a million things. She's got several projects in the works right now. She also runs a role-playing show with her production company, Brooklyn Quarter, um, and it is, the show is called Novel Chronicles. Her and her husband run basically a DM campaign, uh, like episodic, pretty cool. Um, she also, like I said, is a creative coach, which is awesome. If you guys 
whether you're an actor, a filmmaker, whatever you do, if you are a creative that needs some career coaching in your life, check it out. All these links are going to be in the show notes. But we had an amazing mm-hmm. time chatting with her today. Oh, She's also just an amazing the best. human being. <laughs> the synergy is there. She's like, you know, we we feel we're blessed to feel that way a lot with like a lot of our guests. Like we're just on the same wavelength and page. But then you just have those guests where you just instantly click and you guys I'm sure are going to be delighted. We love that she has her hats on in, in so many different ways and I'm just so excited to continue to follow along and I hope you guys do too. So enjoy. Everyone in New York or LA is a storyteller. Like everyone, Mm -hmm. like, like, I don't know. I had a friend who was a chef in New York city and like his work was literally like to tell a story through food. You know, I'm like, we're Mm -hmm. all just artistic, creative in some way. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. So, and of course moving, um, I moved during the pandemic in uh, 2020. I got married in the pandemic and wow. moved cross country. Wow. So it was a big year. <laughs> and, uh, but, but that was something I was scared of, right. Being like, Oh no, I'm moving to a new city. It's going to be isolating and whatnot. And actually it's turned out to be the best decision for my life and career moving out here. So I love that. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. And this, this ad brought to you by Los Angeles, California (laughs) board of tourism. No, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, It sounds like it though. (laughs) Yeah. But for real though, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that it's like, you can be an actor and or a filmmaker anywhere, especially now that everything is so like digital remote, like as long as you have the people to work with, to create, you can do it absolutely anywhere. But, you know, yeah. there's something to be said about being in a hub for it. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, like, you know, I've talked about moving out of L.A. at some point, but like, I'm so glad that I'm doing it. <laughs> Carolina she says knows that. how I feel. <laughs> but I'm so glad that I came here first, because regardless of what happens, I've built the connections here. I've built my career here. I've, you know, like all of that carries on to wherever you are. So definitely something to be said about at some point being in one of the major hubs, you know? Yes. Well, and it's funny because, but if you were to like put me in Chicago, I'd be like, I have no idea what to do. Well, I mean, I guess there's like second city and, and, um, Mm -hmm. Uh, Steppenwolf and you know yeah 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 there's that there there are theater there's art right and stuff but it's just like here like in New York it was for me I started my musical theater journey there and here I like didn't didn't think I would end up here didn't think I'd be doing film let alone being a producer like what isn't it wild it's so (laughs) wild I did musical theater too I had a similar (gasps) thing and so absolutely well like no and it's it, it's shocking right because then you're like wait how I'm like uh I'm producing movies with a budget of over three numbers like sometimes they have five or six numbers Ooh, or what? seven numbers <laughs> yeah, like how do we how is this what I'm doing when I grew up like either a musical theater kid or yeah or it's whatever. wild uh, but I just feel like that's you 
got to just keep following what you love. And I just realized my heart wasn't in musical theater. I love singing, acting, and dancing. And that's mm-hmm. why I chose it. Okay. I was, I, I, I'm so, like, I, I love doing all of that. But the medium wasn't the right fit for me. And the life I wanted wasn't the right fit. I like this crazy life of a film producer and filmmaker yes. versus going abroad on you know, cruise ships uh-huh. and whatever. I, I was just like, if I, if I was the chorus girl in Oklahoma, yep. I'd want to kill myself. <laughs> so like, I don't love it that much and I'm not no, going to do well. it. Did you like, do all the open calls and stuff? Like the early morning uh, open calls? Because yes. that was my life for like five years in New York. Yeah. It was my life for a couple months and I said, no, thank you. It's so, <laughs> it's so bizarre. Like this, this culture oh. of like, Everyone in their curlers showing up at oh my God, 5 a.m. to sign in or wait outside on the non-equity list or whatever, just to be seen maybe. And it's, mm-hmm. it's exhausting, but people get up and do it. And I saw a lot of my friends really succeed on that path. And I was like, oh, they want that. I'm like, I know. I want to act. I want to be in the industry. I'm now getting into more writing and directing. So like, I understand that like, those are things I want, but I don't want it in that way. And that's okay Mm -hmm. because there are many people to fill those slots and I will happily buy that ticket to go watch. Having said that though, theater is still my first love. Like you, yeah, yeah. You just, there's there's nothing like being on the stage and having that in the moment, visceral reaction between your partner, the the audience, it's magic. It's magical. It's, it's the absolute best. And I was lucky to do it in, in New York for, for a long time, for all all 13 years I was doing theater, but I, I wasn't, yes, but I did everything in New York. I, I didn't do any regional and I didn't do any tours. I said, I want to only stay See, I would be the same kind of bitch. I'd be snobby about it. I'd be like, no, thank you. You cannot pay me to go on this tour bus (laughs) right now. No, no, thank you. And like, I have such incredible respect for those artists. Um, oh my gosh, absolutely. That. Well, and it's like, like, it's that thing where their love and passion for it is there and it's seen and it's known. And I look at it and I go, oh, I'm so glad you have that. I don't, mine is right. somewhere else. And that's so yeah. a-okay. Like it's a, it's a uh, way, it's so okay. And it's like, there's, there can be room for all types of artists. Um, yes. Even though we constantly get told that, that, um, yeah. you know, there's, there's not, or we constantly get rejected or whatever, but I believe there's room. So, yeah, well, there has to be, because it's also, you know, you, you can't be doing something that you don't love in this profession. You know, like if you have a day job, you don't love, okay, well you're doing it to survive, but like, you're not mm-hmm. going to pursue a career in whatever aspect it is, unless you really love it because it is yeah. all consuming. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, there's got to be different people to do the different sides of it. Yep. Yeah. So what gave you the film bug and what role did you start out in? I'm so curious. <laughs> yeah. I love that you say film bug because I, I verbatim say to people um, <laughs> after making my first film, the the film bug bit me. And yeah. I'm like, dang it. Like, I can't <laughs> shake it. I cannot shake it. I am fully infected. And I'm like, well, gosh, dang. No, so I, yeah, let's see. Okay, it was, so it was November. No, yeah, November, 2018. Um, 
So, you know, before the pandemic and yeah. one of my dear friends, her name's Leah McKendrick. Um, she's a screenwriter here in LA. She's also a brilliant actress. Um, and she, she and I were actually hanging out in New York city and she's like, how's it going? How's your career going? She calls me Danny. Danny, how's your career going? And I was like, uh, you know, I'm in every reading known to man. I am developing every <laughs> character. Um, and then after that, nothing happens, you know? So like, I, I knew at that point, I was like, I, I have playwrights writing things for me. I have mm -hmm. people wanting to collaborate. Like I, I have this lovely synergy going, but then things never go to the next level where I can make my rent with it. Right. Right. And I was like, man, I've been in New York so long and I feel like I'm hitting a wall. And I was like, maybe I need to switch up mediums. Maybe theater right now isn't the thing. Um, and she was like, well, look, let me write you something pro bono. And I was like, oh, cool. We use words like pro bono now. Um, <laughs> and, and she, at that time, um, her, her feature film was uh, just bought by Sony. And that was like her first big sell she did. So she oh was gosh, like, amazing. I have, yeah. She was like, I have, I have some time on my hands. Like I want to, I want to write you a short. And I was like, okay, like let's do this. And we went to college together. So we, had explored many different, you know, wacky characters and been through yeah. ups and downs and all this <laughs> stuff together. So she knew my acting really well. So um, she kind of pitched me a couple ideas. And at the time I was dungeon mastering. So mm -hmm. um, my husband and I have uh, uh, our channels called Brooklyn Quarter. And one of our shows is a Dungeons and Dragons show. So it's improvised storytelling, <laughs> acting, all that. A lot of fun. I don't know if you nice. guys have played. Tessa, you're nodding your head. Have you played? I, I haven't personally played, but I have a ton of friends who do. And like, I've created a character. I just, nobody wants somebody that can just pop in and not like commit to a campaign. So I, I haven't it. actually played, but I'm very familiar with it. <laughs> I get it. Well, you know the lingo you said campaign, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, she knows. Okay. Well, anyway, so as a dungeon master, I had um, an all-female identifying cast. The show was called Maven Brave. We did 40 episodes. This was like a few years ago. And as a dungeon master, you play a bunch of different characters, right? And so I told Leah at the time, I was like, I like to just have fun, be silly, and play a bunch of different characters. And she was mm -hmm. like, okay, I have this idea. So she went away and wrote it. And the beginning of 2019, she sent me the script. And I was like, dang, this is going to be really challenging and really amazing and the script is called Liza Anonymous and it's about this lonely millennial named Liza and she becomes addicted to support groups and she creates a different persona to fit into each support group and her charade just ends up crumbling and she's forced to get to the root of her, her unique addiction she has and find her true identity and um, kind of finds a place of her own so it's a concept short for a feature but it's also can stand on its own, you know, yeah. and um, it's a story about, you know, isolation and loneliness and all these things, but it's also funny. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, great. And then I raised, I raised, we, we made it for about 20, 25,000. I raised the money. And uh, that was the thing. That was the condition. Leah gave me the script. She goes, I'm, I'm wiping my hands of this. You got to go make it now. Like I'm <laughs> I don't blame busy. her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, I can't produce this, but it's yours. Yeah. And then, yeah. And so then we made it in November, 2019, just, you know, scraping by right before COVID hit. 
And um, we did the whole shoot in two days, which almost dang near killed us. Should have been three. Should have been a three-day shoot. It's it's isn't that how it always is? It yeah. always like, is. If I could like, have that extra day, I know could have been could have been a lot. Sometimes even Healthier. just that extra couple hours, and you're like, yeah, no, that puts people into overtime or whatever. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, we did two 13-hour days basically, and yeah. um, and. Yeah. So we shot it and, and I started it and got to, you know, EP it, but then also did so many of the logistics of it. And that, uh-huh. that was like th- one of the most joyous sets I'd been on. And I realized it was because I had power like in that mm-hmm. moment to create from the top down what I wanted this set to be. And from the beginning, I had the intention. Uh-huh. I was like, I want this to be peaceful, joyful, fun. Um, and I want everyone to like, work together and like feel valued. And so that's kind of how I set the tone. And I let all my producers and director and then my DPA let everyone know. I was like, this is the tone. If you go outside the tone, you're not in the tone. Yeah. <laughs> like if you, if you get sassy, you gotta go take a breather and come back. Yeah. Um, but it, it ended up being, and then I literally had like the costume designer texted me two days after she was just like, wow, Danielle, I'm still thinking about that shoe. And she literally verbatim, verbatim said that was the most peaceful set I've ever been on. And I was like, wow, like that's exactly what I wanted. Um, and it makes a huge difference. Like, cause you remember the sets that are either the best or the worst that you were yes, done. Right. Yes, and yes. you definitely want to work with those people again. Like it's actually sad when you rap, when it's a really good set, because it's, that's more rare, unfortunately. I know. Well, and also obviously like the bigger the production, the more people involved, like the less control you have. So, but I will say for Liza, we had um, over the two days, we had 65 people on set because we had a lot of background actors as well. So there were 65, about 65. Yeah, it was big. It was really big. We had yeah. Where were you shooting this? We shot this. So this is when I lived in New York. We shot it in Astoria, Queens. We shot it in a Korean yeah. church. And the basement had like all these different rooms with like brightly colored walls. And so each room was a different support group. And then um, in this ending scene, it even had like a theater for the end scene, um, which I won't give away, but uh, it yeah, one location. Wow. Easy. Yeah, I was gonna say easy. smart for the smart producing right there. Yep, then, there it is. There, there, there it is. Smart producing. <laughs> but I will say uh our big um feat was we had a circle dolly track and mm-hmm. we had to tear that down and set it back up five times in two days. And that was <laughs> I will hopefully never have to do again, but that was intense, <laughs> but you know, it got us like the money you got shot. The shot. Yeah. We needed shot. it. Yeah. 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 So then anyway, just, yeah. oh yeah. What were you going to say? I was just going to say it, it adds to it too, because it's like, I, I watched it last night. So, um, Yay. like in a, in like a setting again, I don't want to give too much away, but like in a setting, you know, where people are sitting around in a circle, like any addicts meeting, it's like, how can you do something that's unique? And like mm-hmm. the money shot, like you said, like something that really adds to like the cinematic value of it. So yes. things like that. Yeah. They make a big difference. And sometimes you don't even really like consciously notice it as the as the viewer, but yep. it does make it, it takes it to the next level, you know? Right. Well, and I think that that's something that's so interesting that you said, Tessa, because as a, you know, lover of film and television before I even was making movies, 
I, I wouldn't so much notice the camera movement or notice something, mm -hmm. but I would know how it made me feel. And then now being a filmmaker, going back and watching something being like, that's, that shot was like that. And that's why yeah. it made me feel creeped out. Or that's why it made me feel close to the subject. Or that's mm -hmm. why it made me feel um, isolated because of what they chose. And yeah, so it's, and it's almost like, hiding those choices, but allowing them to flow is like a really difficult thing. Yeah. But I was so glad that our director and DP did it. Like they, they both women, by the way, Hey, <laughs> um, <laughs> and they both, they, they took the risk and did it. And so then after that, we, um, we wrapped and we sat on the film for basically all of 2020 because what were you going to do? You know? So right. I, I was like, Oh, we're keeping this close to the chest. Like we're not putting Liza <laughs> out there at all. Yeah. So, and after that, I was kind of like, you know, it's funny. I knew the bug had bit me. Right. Right. But then, but then I was like, you know, I don't know. I'm just going to, you know, when the pandemic's over, I'm just going to keep auditioning and I'll just, I'll just book something and, and I'll, I'll do that. Like, I don't know if I need to make another movie, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> then lo and behold, <laughs> the film got into Tribeca and I was like, Oh no, like <laughs> now we're in like one of the biggest festivals. And so now I'm like, wait, I want this again. Yeah. Right. So it's like, right. I want it. I want, I'm like, now I'm addicted. You have me. Okay. I get it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And we got to premiere last year at Tribeca and oh it was all, gosh. it was outdoors. So it was, oh. yeah. Our, our screening was to a sold out 600 person outdoor screening on a giant an LED screen down by um oh. down by the Statue of Liberty. How cool! In oh Battery my God. Park, I it know. Was, yes, Battery Park. Yes, okay. it was amazing. So they had the Battery Park one. They had they had screening screens up all throughout Manhattan, and so there was one um like another one by South Street Seaport. There was one by Hudson Yards on Thirty Fourth. Like mm -hmm. all these beautiful locations, mm. all outdoors. Um, they really did it well. Like they did it so well and it, everyone felt safe the entire time. And, um, you know, it was, it was just such an amazing experience. And so from that and seeing that and actually watching the audience reaction to that was, I was like, that's all I need. Like if you, if, if you felt that, if it, if it made you, you know, laugh, if it made you, want to see more, mm -hmm. you know, if it made you understand someone in isolation and you related to them, like that's, that's what we, that's all we wanted, you know? And yeah, so, right. and actually from that, the, one of the filmmakers in our lineup, uh, Lynn Q, she had a film called Cracked that was in that lineup. Their short is on HBO now, actually. Wow. Um, yeah. She oh, was, shoot. it was her thesis film for, um, NYU grad school. Spike Lee was a producer on it. And I think it okay. was right after our, our, it was right after Liza in the lineup. That team from cracked actually was shooting a short in August of that year. And they saw me in Liza. And cause I have like a couple different accents and dialects in the thing. They saw me and they were like, oh, she can like play this like girl from the Bronx. Okay. Like we have a part for her. And so they like emailed me. They're like, Danielle, we want you for this role. And I was like, great. It's in Connecticut. I live in LA. They're like, we'll fly you out. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, like, Amazing. You know, oh my God. It, it really, right. So when we create these things as multi-hyphenates, we do it to be, get more opportunities and more work. So already right away, 
Liza was doing its job of creating more opportunities and projects for me. And I was so grateful. So I shot that in August. And then this year, actually in a month, in one month, I'm, um, I'm filming a short called Tiki Bar Funeral Home. I'm the lead and the producer, director, writer, she saw Liza and we met at a filmmaker thing. And she was like, I kind of started tweaking my script for you, like to play the lead. Do you want to read it? And I was like, cool. You know, so it's like, I'm like, if people are getting inspired, but what I, by what I've put out there, Mm -hmm. like it's the, it's the right path you know, we're going in the right way. So then, oh gosh, now I have all that to say, I have six projects in development right now. So (laughs) at all different stages, I have a feature, I have two short, no, well, I have, I have a feature in like five shorts, two of which I'm directing two, three of which I'm writing and two I'm starring in and producing. So, wow. That's a lot, but that's amazing. Like, that's so exciting. It's pretty wild. (laughs) No, like just to have all, I I mean, I think it's, it could to someone that'd be like, that's insane or whatever, but projects do happen at different phases and, and times. And so I think you just, it sounds like you're pretty good at knowing which hat to put on and, and figuring that kind of journey out, but you love yeah. it all. Yes. Yes. It. Well, and I'd yeah. love to know, I mean, I want to know about you ladies, like what, what are your preferred hats? Because I'm still trying to figure out what my preferred hats right now, my two top hats, <laughs> my two top hats are acting and directing is actually getting up there. So yeah, I'm kind of trying That's to prioritize awesome. that, but like, what about for you guys? I'd love to know. Well, I mean, I know for us, like we, we both started out as actors. Um, we got together as actors to create yeah. stuff for us to be acting in. Um, and it's been since what, 2018 is when we first started. Right. Yeah. Um, so you know, we're still kind of figuring it out. It's only been a few years and, you know, every project takes a little time. So it's like, you know, we're doing something on this project and then this project is the first time we're doing this. And so we're still figuring it out. Um, I'll let Carolina say in a moment, because she's into a lot more things than I am. Personally, I figured out all the things that I don't like from it, (laughs) you know, which is really just as important. Um, So important. Yeah. So I know acting is definitely my number one. That's the thing. That's the only thing that I want to pursue separate from Femme Regard as well. Um, But I do love that we create our own content. So uh, I do love to produce our content. I wouldn't want to be hired as an independent producer on somebody else's project. Yeah. But I love making our stuff, you know? So, yeah. And for me, (laughs) I like have learned, um, I've gotten into associate produce, what's it called? Um, Project manager UPM sorry you know production manager on a project I've gone in to uh I edit on other like content creation stuff but I think for me my my goal especially with just my heart being with femme regard too is is continuing this producing right I I've written our projects and um and I'm I'm stepping into like this for our fe- first feature film, the director role. Like that is so exciting. Set, <gasps> and I'm really excited. I am a little nervous because I'm I'm acting as well, and I always am like, okay, can I do this? But um, I think I've just not like 
need to psych myself out as much. All you need, all you need <laughs> is when you're acting, you just, you need that, that person who can give you the thumbs up on the other end, you yeah. know? That's, that's like so nice to hear. Cause that's like what I want. I just yeah. want to find that right one person to be the supporter, the associate yep. director in a sense, mm-hmm. and just yep. like, and just be, be on it. And I think mm-hmm. we can just roll um, because that character is like me in a nutshell. Like I yeah. wrote it. So you that have way, to play it. Yeah, yeah. I have to play it. Um, Tessa, like we just love it because it's like a lot of our personalities are infused in these characters. And I, I want like our podcast listeners to be like, yeah, that's a very Tessa Carolina dynamic yeah. that's yeah. happening here. Just in like the extremes. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> you know? Yes. Well, yeah, that's what yeah. we want, right? We want to right. see that. Hey, Fem fam. Have you heard us raving about Jambox yet? Because let me tell you, it's such an amazing tool for filmmakers, podcasters, advertisers, and anyone who needs music for their projects. Jambox.io is so versatile. They've got songs and sound effects organized by artists, genre, mood, and tags. And they're actually affordable. For as little as $9.99 a month for independent creators, $6 a month for students, or $19.99 a song, you can choose whether a subscription-based membership or a la carte pricing works better for you. And they're flexible. For individual creators, to commercial, to advertising, to theatrical release, they've got you covered. Plus, they're constantly growing and evolving. With new songs and playlists all the time and customer service on point, they really do have everything you need. We've been working with them for a while now and couldn't be happier. That's why we have a special coupon code for our listeners. For 10% off your purchase, make sure you enter code FEM10 at checkout. That's FEM, F-E-M-M-E, 10 at jambox.io, where they connect creators with ridiculously good music and sound effects. I think that that's something too, like within creating projects, like, you know, people and, you know, um, executives and producers, they want to know like, well, what is this like? What is this like that I've seen, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, I remember, so I did some judging for the Austin film festival this year because, uh, Liza anonymous was at Austin last year. And then this year they were like, we need people to judge and screen some of the films. And so I've been doing it virtually. And one of the questions that they ask on the form, you know, if this is a story, like a similar to a story that's already out there or a theme that's already out there, is it a fresh take on it? Uh Like what about this voice of this filmmaker is new and different? Because, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's something that deterred me from writing is I was like, well, I'm not going to write anything new. Like every story has been told. And then of course, that's the lie in your head. It's like, right, no, right. stop it. I, yeah. I will say this differently than anyone else. Cause I'm me. Right. If, exactly. if I dig yeah. deep and, and go to that truthful part of myself, you know, instead of trying yes. to regurgitate what someone else is doing. So, mm-hmm. so in that in, in that vein, I think it is so important to go, oh yeah, well, this film I've written is like, you know, a mix of the Devil Wears Prada and blah, 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 you know, like yeah, getting people to say like, oh, okay. So the lead character must be like this, this, and this. Now I understand a little bit. And then not being afraid of that. Um, yeah. 
that was my little soapbox tangent moment. No, no, yeah, that makes so sense. True. I mean, we've kind of had to like fight for that in our in some pitches in some pitch well, rooms when we were told that it's our story was so been there, done that, and we're yeah. like, eh, no, I don't think so, sir. No, especially right. if you read. No, and 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 if people read you, like if mm-hmm. you get people to read you and read the script, it's that's that's when it that's when it right. can come alive right so it's like yeah. you well have that's to just that's the thing me. I'm like I don't yeah. think you read our script I'm yeah sorry. <laughs> like we could tell that someone yeah. didn't quite read our script versus some other feedback we're like okay like we can work with this yeah yeah <laughs> like, so yeah. but it's also yeah like that response has been good feedback for us on how we're pitching it you know like how is this yes. coming across because then yeah. other people that have been super excited for us and for the story have been like oh it's it's kind of like this movie and then I'm like Wait, no, it's it's not. That's how it's coming across to you. Okay, let me rethink how I'm talking about this then. Yes. Because yes. you know, th- I know that they didn't read the script. It's just a person I'm talking to about it. But right. I still have to be careful how I'm talking about it because you know I don't want them to think it's something it's not. So yeah, yeah. and like what? Oh my gosh, with log lines and summaries and stuff like that. I like I still don't like love our log line. It gives me anxiety <laughs> See? literally mm-hmm. every day. So then maybe it's like you have to t- maybe changing like one or two two words in it would help. Yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah. might be just like a small tweak that that helps, but but yeah, it's true. It's it's really it's really important. I'm trying to think of there was man, yeah, there was something I guess it was a while it was it was quite a while ago, but I I had a script for something and I was pitching it and someone was like, no Danielle, I've I've read it. That's not what that's about. And I was like, what? <laughs> Okay, well, you tell me what you think it's about. And yeah. then I was like, wow, okay, that's that's it. You know, because sometimes yeah. we have our, our sometimes we have blind spots and we have, yeah. we know we're so close to the material. And then right. we're like, well, no, trust me, this is it. And it's like, wait, okay, maybe I can just pivot slightly and it yeah, can sure. be more clear, you know? Because I think that's, gosh, if there's anything that my theater professors hammered into me, <laughs> it was that specifics will set you free. And, and the more, you know, specific in, in that and succinct in that store, in that summary or that log line, um, the more people will understand what you are trying to convey. What you're trying to tell the story you're trying to tell. And I think for us, it's like, yeah, it's explaining the whole like psychological thriller with the sci-fi setting. It's like, I feel like we need to explain the technology, but also like that isn't the heart. It's not no. just, right. we, we, we call it for, for now that there's so many new, again, t- this is such a timely story that there's more, like you said, shows that are out that we can relate to. But at the time we were like, it's Black Mirror meets Black Swan. Like, you know, we Ooh. have this like, you know, it's kind of in your head at moments, dreamy, like these like kind of flashy backs. So you're like, what is reality? The protagonist is trying to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. And then, but it's, it's being, you know, in this world of new tech that's just amplified and still relevant to like how social media is like, mm-hmm. you know, getting into our heads and like, yep. And how we can, we can cyber stalk anyone pretty easily. So <laughs> seriously, it's, it's like, how do we like, that's been the challenge, I think, is how do we convey because I if I could, and I love Tessa brought it up once, if we could spell it out, it would be Psy, the Psy P S 
Y dash F I. Yeah. We're gonna tag hashtag that. Yeah, for sure. Create your own genre. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, do it. I mean, I our show, so our main show on Brooklyn Quarter is called Novel Chronicles and it's mm-hmm. a tabletop web series. It's the one I was talking to you guys about, like yeah. the Dungeons and Dragons thing. And we we call that alt fantasy. Okay. So it's okay. you know, it's an alternative fantasy. So it's you know, basically Dungeons and Dragons is a rule set so mm-hmm. to speak. So it's basically just a rule set, you know, you roll dice, you whatever, but within that you can have so many different settings, so many different things. And you have like the, um, the properties that are of quote unquote Dungeons and Dragons and the books they have and whatever. But then you also have um, what we call homebrew, which is where you create your whole own world. Right. And so yeah. that's yeah. what my husband is like genius level. I mean, I just brag on him all the time because <laughs> the world he has created is like so lush and interesting to live in and play in. It's like, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And it's, it doesn't have those cliche fantasy tropes mm-hmm. and we don't have sexual violence in our world. We don't have slavery in our world. Like we, you know, he's created this space that is like very like non-cliche to like live in and play in. And I absolutely love it. And so Uh um, because of that, and because, you know, there's magic in the world and and that's kind of D&D in general, there's always magic. right? But because of that, normally in D&D players pull their power from like the gods and it's very like power fantasy and like, Mm -hmm. we're the most powerful adventurers in the world. And it's like, my husband, Timothy was like, no, I'm going to go the opposite direction. And so Instead, there are no, there are no gods in our world. So we have these like planetoids that are like different energy sources that magic is pulled from. And so it's very much like this sci-fi a little bit because the Mm -hmm. celestial bodies in space is kind of a big thing and there are ships up there, but then it's also like this alt fantasy, like this alternative fantasy, like what if things could look a little different? Um, yeah. And yeah, okay, so that makes sense. It's of, really like, the alternative take yeah. to what the fantasy normally is, which right? Is like gods what you think, the magic or like you know, whatever. yeah. There's yeah, you okay. know, the the elves are so beautiful and majestic, and the dwarves are like the short, <laughs> and they have beards. You know, it's like yeah, sure, yeah. but but yeah, and he's created different species in the world as well. My character on our main show, Novel Chronicles, is. Her, um, she's a squick and she's two foot one, like uh-huh. a rodent, a rodent like creature kind of. Her name's Greta. All squick only have one name. They don't have last names. They're very secretive. Don't ask them. Don't ask. Like they, <laughs> they kind of have that New Jersey, Brooklyn thing, yeah. but a really high, a high pitch voice though. I won't do it now, <laughs> but, um, but they're, you know, and so she's like this two foot one creature in her traveling party, you know, one of them's a human who's five foot, you know, like they're all different and, um, and interesting, but it's not like, you know, these tropes that are sort of hammered into the ground. It's like new and fresh. And, and so I think that with what you guys are doing, like sci-fi, I think that's mm-hmm. so dope. Like that is so cool. Put that in a pitch deck. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm I'm trying to put that because I, I, I mean, Tess and I go back and forth and I'm still very adamant about still calling it 
a sci-fi film as well. Like I, I feel like it is the blending of both. It's then it's put not, that PS. So wide. it's like we need to put that <laughs> yeah. in the two. I want it there to package it because I think that with the tech and and how cool it like we're showing it off because tech is also really cool, right? It's mm-hmm. still fucking awesome, but yeah, we have to also question the protections that are in place. Oh, yeah. absolutely. That's that's just where we're at. We're not anti, you know, tech oh, yeah. at yeah. all. It's just what are we doing to protect the human mind? And mm-hmm. we're we're hoping to pair with organizations that care about it too. So that's we really TV. really cool yeah <laughs> yeah so you're you're loving the multiple hats and I think that is just a journey like I mean 2018 mm-hmm. I think sounds like a year we both like really dived in so yeah still it was just a big year yeah a big big year we're big on the number eight that is <laughs> no it's a money number okay <laughs> See, I didn't know that eight has never been in my like wheelhouse of numbers yeah. But now oh. I'm like into it. Okay. I'm a Scorpio. So it's okay. Eight. <laughs> eight was a magical time for me when Great. I turned eight. Yeah. Oh, I but, love that. Um, no, just fun facts. Uh, I love it. And, and so I do think that is like a journey. Like I said, we're still on. I can see myself totally. I, I just like love doing a lot of things. So that's yeah. probably why the director stuff is calling me. I love producing. Yes. But acting like Tessa is like. My number one joy, it's like where I feel most at home and free and fun. Like for me, it's just like, that's always just fun. <laughs> Even yeah, if it's there's, work, there's it's something fun. about There's something about that for, for, for anyone who has that spark of performing and uh-huh. being the vessel for the, for storytelling in that way. Yeah. There's always something where it's like, yeah, I do all this stuff, but if I could just do one thing, it would be acting, you know, like yeah. I hear that from so many people and, yeah. and I don't know. I always think of like the broad city ladies and, mm-hmm. you know, I just think of like all these, like Issa Rae. Oh my God. Oh. I love, I love her so much. Trying um, to get her on the pod. <laughs> we're putting it on, we're putting it out there. Yeah, well, and it's like they're all over here, you know, producing and and writing and all this stuff. But then they're yeah. also like, "Hi, I'm an actor." Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. And it's it's so fascinating. I I would say out of all my friends in the industry, I have maybe like two or three friends that only act, mm-hmm. like you know, that's if you it. can imagine, like yeah. that, like that's it, like and. Yeah. And then it's like, they, they literally just get pinned and get booked on and they're on shows, you know, and it's like, that's all they do. But it's so rare anymore that that's the case. And, and it's fascinating to see how, oh my gosh. I mean, I graduated college in 2008 and that was like the big financial crash and all this stuff. It was horrible time to enter the job market. And headshots around when I got into college were just turning to color from black and white. Mm-hmm. So it was like this thing of like, okay, oh, I have to get new color headshots. And then like, now I'm going to move to New York City and try to break in. But, oh, wait, everything is terrible. <laughs> like only people with money can go to restaurants. I have no money. I'm a struggling artist, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and and then, you know, here we come around again and, and you know, in my early 30s that, oh, it's a pandemic. Sorry, you got <laughs> to hold back just a little bit, you know? Right, um, right. And, and then like seeing the changes from 2008, 
when you were just an auditioning actor to now 2022 and going like, oh, nope, sorry. Like if you just audition like that, you are going to be in a pool that is so Mm -hmm. big that you might end up drowning in. So like, if you want to float to the top, try on these, try on this beret, try on this (laughs) baseball cap, try on this top cap. Like, sorry, you got to try some other stuff. So yeah, I know. I feel fortunate at that we've we've pushed ourselves to to explore these different roles mm-hmm. and and find other things that that give us creative control when when yeah. there's so much that you don't have control of. Yes. yes. Um. So it's it's definitely empowering and and you know give has given us a yeah a platform to connect with more creatives and mm-hmm. and more you know especially in these times where you were locked down and couldn't go to auditions you know like what do you do it's like yeah. you have these amazing you know a podcast that we're so grateful for like so so grateful to to push and grow from so yeah I, I think and I'm sure so, so many people get so a lot of people get value too from listening so we, we hope, hope so, so. <laughs> we hope so. Jane. so I did a podcast called funny people talking back in New York city and it was produced by mouth media network. Um, and they, my, my co-host, um, he went on to like work for some other fancy companies and it kind of fizzled at the beginning of the pandemic, but we did 50, I did 55 episodes and we, um, every episode, it was a comedy podcast. It was all improv comedy. We'd have like reality stars on actresses, actors, like comedians, whatever. Mm -hmm. But every episode before we got started on air, we would pray to the gods for Tina Fey to come on our show. (laughs) And we would do like a Tina Fey, it is time, like a chant kind of thing. So (laughs) yeah, she's, she did come. (laughs) She didn't come. Maybe she'll be in my feature film. We'll see. I don't know. You Just, never, you know, you yet is know. the key word for all of it. We are still all going in this career. We still got plenty of time for all those things to happen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I know. I feel like some things just happen to in like, yeah, surprising ways. Like maybe it isn't Tina Fey, but maybe it's like some showrunner or something, you know, like, you know, connection of some sort. You're like, oh, it all comes back to Miss Tina Fey. Yeah. You know? Like it just, I feel like that's the, I feel like those are the patterns that mm. you start to notice in life, but it takes you living life to mm-hmm. recognize them. Yeah. Namaste, y'all. Oh my gosh, <laughs> namaste, y'all. Well, that's actually something. That's actually something that I heard. Um, an agent. It was a literary agent. There was a LA talk, uh, LA panel for uh, the Austin Film Festival um, uh-huh. last month, and it was like for alumni and stuff. And I went, and there were some literary agents and managers. One of them was like with UTA. Another was, um, the Lit Group. Is that? place anyway um but one of them said that sometimes they'll they'll read a script they'll you know they'll read a writer whatever and they'll they'll be like okay cool like the concept's good but like you're a little green like have Mm -hmm. you lived your life yeah you know Mm -hmm. like do you have experiences to write about and so that was like a big thing of advice they gave they were like we would like you to go live a full life and then come back to your art, you know, or like go, you know, like 
you know, travel the thing or volunteer or, or like put yourself in someone's shoes or go, you know, work somewhere unexpected or, you know, do something so that like when you write a script about, you know, like eat, pray, love, I believe yeah. that you have eaten, <laughs> prayed, I loved all, you know, all <laughs> yeah. as Elizabeth Gilbert did, you know, um, yes. but, but yeah. And that was really good. They're like, we don't want you just to be a writer. We don't want you just to be an actor. Like we want you mm. to be a full human. Yeah. I think that is so, so important. And I can, it's a testament, I think to me as a performer, like 10 years ago, I, like I, just the connection was so closeted to mm. now where I'm at in my life, where it's like, I've really opened up, experienced it, mm-hmm. been, haven't been through it all. We're still on a journey, people. But <laughs> yeah. I just feel like I can just tap in so quickly yeah. and easily. And I'm just like, I'm just this open sore wound. Like, let's just call it <laughs> like just, ugh. but it's so fun. It's Which so is what, what is, in, but that's also like interesting to watch. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. And yeah. it's funny too, like as an actor, you know, we all grew up doing theater, right? And especially in like yes. community theater, for example, you know, you have people that are 19 playing 55 because that's what yeah. you've got, yeah. right? Yeah. But like, you know, as an actor, you're like, oh, but I can I can tap into that. I can I can pull that off. And it's it's fine <laughs> in that setting, you know. Obviously, in a movie, you're not gonna be cast that way. But you still think like, well, I can tap into anything. I'm an actor, right? And it's like no, if you haven't had that life experience, not only, yeah, do you not look the part, but like just emotionally, like being able to show that like gravitas is a word that I both Ooh. love and hate describing like, quote unquote, mature <laughs> roles, right? That it's like, you know, if I see something that says like 25 to 35, that's me. I'm 32 in real life. That's great. But I can also play like just out of college still sometimes. Mm-hmm. When I see something that's 30 to 40, I'm like, well, that's still me, but that's I'm probably not what they're looking for. I don't have that kind of gravitas, you know, that they're looking Ooh. for of like a mom of a teenager, for example, or whatever. So, you know, yeah. And yeah, it's really interesting too how some people like age, I feel like numbers could just go away because yeah. then, you know, you have like your late 20 somethings playing 17. Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting because they have the gravitas to play 17. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's so that's yeah, that's isn't that really interesting? And it's also like how you're perceived too. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. I'm I'm a few years older than you, but I also can play, I look younger. And so yeah. it's like, well, what do people perceive me as? Like, I don't know. I mean, I will say, dear God. High school. Yeah. I think it was 17 years old. I played, um, I was in Arsenic and Old Lace. Uh-huh. Uh, I played Aunt Abby. She's a 70-year-old character. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how to play this. Like, what the heck, right? And so I was like, you know what? If I'm going to focus on one thing and, like, try to play a 70-year-old, I'm going to just, I, my, my character choice was, like, I'm just going to slow down. Mm. Everything I do is going to be slow. Yeah. And this actually, this play was the moment I knew I wanted to major in theater and do it the rest of my life. Cause I'd been acting yeah. since I was like three, but I'd been on stage, like dance, tap dance, Charleston, oh, yeah. step, <laughs> right. Okay. We know. Shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. Little shuffle off to Buffalo. And <laughs> like, we know it, we know it. But like at that moment I was like, no, I can, I can act because mm-hmm. I made this one choice about the character. And I was like, she's just going to be slow. And she also hummed, she hummed a lot. And that wasn't in the script, but I like made these little choices 
And to this day, it's my mother's <laughs> favorite role I've ever played. And I was like, but she's literally, she came almost every night, like front row center laughing her ass off because she was like, this character is so real to me. And I was like, okay, well, and I, but I think it's because I slowed down and I said, I want to do this the rest of my life. And I want to make these very intentional character choices. There's no way in hell I, anyone's going to believe me that I'm 70. (laughs) Um, but what can I do, you know, and like that rare foresight moment. And so even like when you get those roles for like, if you ever get an audition of like a 40 year old mom, like what can you do to, Mm -hmm. is it is, and that's like, sometimes costumes come into play and sometimes you can make yourself look a little frumpier or, you know, a little whatever, just to like turn the dial a little bit. Cause it's all like dress up in the end. Right. Exactly. Right. When you kind of like, there's something about getting your, your hair or wardrobe put together that you're Uh, like, I'm not, I'm different now. I'm different. I'm not Carolina. (laughs) I'm not. It's it's the best. I have to say I I wore, and Liza, I wore almost all the director's wardrobe. Those were like all her clothes. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) I love it. pink puppy jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I love also the neck tat, how that actually played in. Cause as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my God, it's ridiculous that I love it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then, well, I need we, to see this like tonight. I haven't yeah. had a yeah. chance, but I need oh, to see it good. like tonight. We did a neck tattoo. And then the issue was that we had to take it off at that end of that <laughs> night. Yeah. And then film scenes without it. And then yeah. we had to put it back on. <laughs> And so my entire neck, it was terrible. It was bad. It was really bad. But we have a a tattoo featured in our film. And like, I'm just ready to do like that semi-permanent like thing. So that way I just don't worry about it. And if it's it's not crazy. (laughs) It's not like a crazy. This took up my my entire neck here. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't She went full. She went full. Oh, I'm so excited to watch. Uh, Speaking of which. Is oh, this yes. like still private or um, is this something that everyone can tap into? Or if not, then when do you think? Or we're just going to go oh. on this journey and you oh, circle of, back. Of, of the short? Yes, yes. Of when like the, the our listeners can watch and everything. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it's... Um, it's currently we are we are currently talking to some SVOD platforms. Which oh is, yes, SVOD. <laughs> yes, uh, streaming video on demand. Um, and then depending on how that goes, um, Amaletto is really interested. They've been interested for a while, so it might be up there. Amazing. Yes. Um, right. Yes. 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 I love that that connection just happened. See. <laughs> I know. Patterns. And then it might it yeah. might um, be available <laughs> widespread. Um, and then the yeah the big nugget I can't say too much but the big thing is we are making it into a feature. Amazing. Oh. We are oh. greenlit going forward with it. Congratulations. Congrats. There are lots going on with that, but I can't say too much right now. But oh my God, understandable, so but that is awesome. That is so exciting. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We're super pumped. Have an amazing team. So I'm really, really thrilled. I love I love when we love learning when shorts are able to kind of flourish and grow into a larger project because mm-hmm. a lot of like you know first-time filmmakers you want to start with shorts and 
yeah, that, that sometimes that's what the best part about putting your time and energy into that is that it can later on still become a larger scale thing. So that's really cool to hear. I'm so excited for you. you. Where can our listeners follow you, celebrate you? um, Hopefully not cyber stalk you. Oh, (laughs) wow. If if they're in the mood, if you're But if they do, go down that rabbit hole of Danielle Beckman. No, um, (laughs) sure. Yeah, everything, everything for me is... Uh, Daniel Beckman, but it's a double N because it is a German last name, even though I am barely German at all, but that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So danielbeckman.com. Um, D Beck comedy is me on Twitter. D Beck D E B E C K is me on Instagram. And then Brooklyn quarters, my production company, LizaAnonymousFilm.com is where you can watch the trailer and see all the updates. Uh, we will be screening at the Lighthouse Film Festival in New Jersey. Yeah, and then eventually, um, hopefully on a broader platform for you. Amazing. And yes. thank you so much. Thank uh, you. Find me on the internet, anyone listening. You know, yes. last time I did a podcast, um, I, I also have a coaching company. It's called The Spirited Storyteller, and I coach... I coach creatives and artists and, and actors. I even fashion designers, anyone in the art. <laughs> Love it. I know. Amazing. But um, but I actually got a client from talking on a podcast. She Amazing. lives in Australia and she became oh. a client of mine for six months. So I was like, ooh, it does work. <laughs> yeah. Well, putting that out there too, listeners, if you need some coaching <laughs> in your life. <laughs> Here you go. You need some creative business coaching. Hey. Love it. Call me. Yeah, call me. I'm not giving out my cell phone, but you can go on my website. (laughs) Well, Danielle, please keep us updated too. Um, Anything new that you're, I mean, I know you have a million projects in the works right now, but anything that we're able to watch or when things come out for our listeners to watch, let us know because we will definitely promote that. You're part of the fam now. Yay. Oh, I'm so happy. I have loved talking with you both. Like just such like, talented, warm, welcoming, bright, shining stars. Like, I'm so glad that we got this introduction. Me too. Yes, I same. I'm like the synergy. I'm like, yes. (laughs) Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support. So please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at femregard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.